Great. So good morning, everyone. We're doing day five, and day five is going to be about searching for God. Where did we lose him? But we're going to first finish what we started out talking about yesterday about the smile that is from God's essence to our essence. And our essence, by definition, means that we basically have nothing in our lives outside of God. And as we explained yesterday, that it doesn't mean that we stop doing our lives, we stop living our lives. The opposite, you import your whole life into the relationship. And that's really the deeper meaning of what it means to live with God, which is a very, very important point that sometimes we have a tendency to take concepts of chassidus and make them so complicated and so hard that uh, that the message that we tell ourselves is, oh, this is too hard to do anyways, so why bother? But if you take it in the right context, you understand, no, that's the opposite. You, um, the, the idea of being one with God is that when your essence becomes one with God, like we said yesterday, when you are really married, when you are a soldier that is signed up to the army, whatever you do is a part of that being a soldier. So let's see the words of the Alter Rebbe. We're on the, page, on the first page, the second column, the line that starts with the small letters, El Kel Chai, the big words. We're starting from Velochein and therefore Nikro Yisrael, therefore the Jewish people are called Yisrael. So the Alter Rebbe is going to say, look at the word Yisrael. Forget about the Yud. Forget about the first letter for one second. And then it says, Sar Kale, Milashon Sar Kale, from the language, the master, the minister of Kale, the minister, the, the one that has the power over this idea of having an essential intrinsic relationship with the Creator. The Yud and the Yud. Why is there a Yud in the beginning? Over here, it doesn't finish the verse. But basically, the concept is that in the Hebrew language, when you add a Yud to a past tense, so like the word Asa, which means he did in the past, and you add a Yud, Yaase means that it's present and it's constant. So what is it meaning Yisrael? Sar Kale, a person that has the power over the idea of Kale, which is that intrinsic relationship with the Creator. Yisrael means that it's a constant ownership. It's a constant mastership of that essential relationship. Upirush, and the meaning is, is Kale, Husar, Bekirboy, that idea of Kale, is a master within him. The Hainu meaning to say, that every Jew has the Yesh Bechol Nefesh Yisrael. Every Jew has Nitzotelikus Mamish. He has a spark of God Mamish in him. Hamachaya Nafshoyelikis that gives vitality to his godly soul, and naturally draws the person above, layer to be illuminated, in the light of life, 
to give away his soul to him, to Hashem. The who and that relationship, that drawing to go up is Lamaila, that pull to go up is Lamaila Menachochma Vedas Shebenavshoi is higher than the wisdom and understanding in his soul. What does Alter Rebbe say over here? Alter Rebbe talks over here about the idea that is very famous in Chassidus, that we have a part of God in us. What does it mean, a part of God in us? A part of God in us means that we're one with God. We're not only created by God, it's the difference between a citizen and the son of the king. The son of the king is also a citizen. But the citizen... The deepest that he could get to is, so to say, to the to the law book of the king. Or to be a bit more precise, the deepest that the citizen could get to is to the rulership of the king. The rulership of the king to the nation, to the country. The son has the ability to connect to the king by himself. Not only does he have the ability, a son because he comes from the father he has the genetic setup of the father he's one with the father therefore he's naturally drawn to his father and that is the meaning of the kale that's the godly spark the pintalayid pintala means the point the essence of a jew that is constantly trying to connect to god even though that sometimes doesn't make any sense our connection to our parents our connection to our children are completely, completely beyond understanding. It's simply because we're one. He, for, says the If the relationship would be solely, second, if the relationship would be solely an intellectual one, intellectual uh, relationship could never bring you to want to give up yourself completely. And this is a very, very strong point. I already hinted to it yesterday when we spoke about it, that if you like someone for their, for their um, sense of humor, it's not really you, it's not really them. It's your sense of humor connecting to their sense of humor. If you love someone unconditionally, it's your essence connecting to their essence. Says the Alter Rebbe that in order for a person to really devote themselves for Hashem, the way to do that is by revealing your essential connection. Because any other connection will never really create that devotion, will never really create that complete giving oneself over for that relationship. The Zehu, and this is the meaning, Bonim Atem Lashem Why are we called sons of God? Says the Alter Rebbe, the reason why we're called sons of God, we're not physical sons, God, we're obviously talking something spiritual. What is the meaning of sons? Kibra Karada Vuha. He quotes over here a Talmudic saying that a son is like the limb of the father. That he is included within the will of his, of his father. Meaning to say his father wants him. His father 
desires him, without any understanding and any reason at all, just like one's foot, that is completely nullified to the head, the foot doesn't have its own will, the foot expresses and executes the will of the head, when this is the meaning battle this is the meaning of annul your will in front of his will that in order in order that it should shine to man the level of the internal of his will you have to, one has to annul all of their own private will. He shouldn't have any other will whatsoever. I know this sounds extreme, but I want to I wanna remind everyone what we learned together in other mimer. Why is Chassidus so into the idea of nullification? Why is the Chassidus so into the idea of I shouldn't have any of my own will? Like, really... God, give me some space. Like we spoke, we spoke about it yesterday. That when a woman tells her husband, okay, you could go out. Okay, I give you permission. She's basically telling him, I give you permission to be separate from me. Still going to hurt me very much, but okay. Well, I can't keep you in a cage. You don't want to stay with me. Okay, go, go. I give you permission, go. We have to remember that Hasidus is based on the concept of bittel, that Hasidus is based on the concept of nullification because Hasidus is based on the concept that there's nothing but God. And therefore, when Hasidus comes and talks about a relationship with God, Hasidus revolutionized the whole idea of a, of a relationship with God. It's not me versus him. It's about tapping into the only true existence that exists, which is him. As the verse says in Deuteronomy, you should know today and return to your heart that, the, that, the, that God is the Lord in the heavens above and the earth below. There is nothing more. So real relationship, to say it in romantic, simple, contemporary words, real relationship is when you lose yourself in the relationship. Watch out. This could be dangerous, yeah? Don't try it at home because, because between two people, it could sometimes be an issue. Completely losing yourself. Completely losing yourself in front of other person could be very, very dangerous. In fact, in fact, in the romantic relationship, it's about it's about being separate and becoming one, being separate and becoming one, just like us with God from our from the place of our animal soul that we are created being and we connect to God. But we have a whole other part and that is expressed when we do mitzvahs. We have a whole other part that that is that we're sons of God, that we're one with God. And that's why two people could put on tefillin, one is a Jew, one is a Goy, we have nothing against Goyim, God forbid. They're amazing, nice people. Actually, they're more normal than us. We're more usually crazy, especially if you're Ashkenazi. Yeah. 
but when a Jew puts on tefillin, it's like the prince walking down the street and expressing something of his father. A guy puts on tefillin, it's like, okay, nothing. You put on a nice black box. It doesn't, it doesn't, it's not considered the mitzvah. It's not, because, because he's not one with God. What do you mean he's not one? Not that there's anything wrong with him. Don't get me wrong. He is normal. We're crazy. He is a created being. We have in, our, in us a bug that is called a godly soul that is not a created being. It's creator, not created. We have in us something that is connected to the creator. And therefore, we could go into the room. We could go, and, and, and again, I don't think that it's racist because we're not saying that, we're not saying that there are any worse than us. But, be, but what we're saying is that we're chosen. What should we do? Hashem gave us a gift. We're called God's sons, which gives us this unbelievable responsibility, which, by the way, that's the reason also why there's anti-Semitism even when Jews are not really acting Jewish. Because our very existence reveals God in the world. I don't know if we spoke about it lately, but sometimes if you read Nazi um, um, propaganda, it sometimes sounds like chassidus. It says over there that the Jew thinks that he's beyond na- beyond nature, and I, I have no idea how did Hitler know about that. Who told him that? Why he learned chassidus? How did? Uh, why do? What? Why does he think that we're? We think that we're beyond nature. And in general, Jews in in Germany were very assimilated. They weren't that religious at all. They were far from religion. They they thought that they're German before they're Jewish. But that's it. We're called God's children because we're expressing Him in, into the world, and that's why we have a task of bringing God to the world. The, the world, the goyim, the whole world, they are the citizens of the world. And that's beautiful. That's a part of God's creation. We're not a part of the creation. In the level of our soul, we're part of the creator. So that is when we talk in general about Jews. What does that mean in our relationship with God? What it means in our relationship with God is that we want to tap into that. You want to go back and become one with your father? That's by, and what, is, what does God by definition mean? That nothing exists besides him? You have to give yourself over. You have to devote yourself. And if you want to be the best expression of your country, you have to sign up for the army. What's the difference between an army man and is an army man better than a, than a regular citizen? I don't know, better. The army man represents the country. The citizen is just a regular citizen. You know, sometimes citizens are called to the army to do some jobs for the army. So I want to ask you a question. What would happen if the army would call in an electrician to fix, to fix something, uh, to fix the electric in, a, in an army base? And together with that electrician is going to be a person that is a soldier electrician. And God forbid a terrorist comes and kills them both. You know what's going to happen? It might, it might sound terrible. 
but you'll realize that the regular electrician, the army is going to send his body home and say, we're very, very sorry. Maybe there's a compensation. That's it. The soldier electrician that worked together with that person and died in the same incident, he's going to have a whole ceremony in an army funeral. Why? Because he is not Joe Schmo. He is the he is the country. He is a part of the country. So he's also Joe Schmo, but Joe Schmo is not Joe Schmo. Joe Schmo is an expression of the flag, expression of the country, whichever country it is. That is devotion. That is connection. That is bittle. That's nullification. But not nullification that you're a nobody. You're a part and one and included, not having a relationship with, but you're included within the country. You're included within the army. And that is a very basic Hasidic concept. I would like, even though we're running a bit late, I would like to start at least the, the conversation of what is uh, uh, of the next chapter. So the first part of the conversation, uh, the first part of the next chapter is uh, pretty simple, and uh, we already mentioned it, so I don't want to elaborate on it again, which is that uh, the Alter Rebbe says that just like there's a field, and we said the king is in the field, there's also a desert, and the king doesn't go to the desert. Which, again, is a metaphor. There are some places where are against the king. So he's not in the palace, and he makes himself accessible, but unfortunately, if we're found in the desert, we do have to exert ourselves a tiny bit and go from the desert to the field. Which could also be, uh, could also be a small explanation why it's still considered to be evocation from below. But then the Alter Rebbe says something else. The Alter Rebbe quotes a pasuk, and it's on the bottom of the page after the parenthesis. And he says, Yesh, he quotes before a verse that says, You should search for, you should search Misham from there, the God your Lord. Says the Alter Rebbe that every Jew has himself a treasure of Yerushalayim, a treasure of God-fearing, and you have to find it. I don't have enough time now to explain the whole idea of what God-fearing in this context means but it means that desire to have a commitment with god that desire to sign up for that army that desire to be in a committed relationship with our creator but the verse says you should search from there comes the Alter Rebbe, and the Alter Rebbe tells us an unbelievable line that i'm thinking about it and thinking about it for 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 I can't say for years because it's not consecutive, but for so many, every year when I learn this mimer again, I think about it, and every time I try, I, I think that I have a tiny bit of a deeper understanding of it. The Alter Rebbe says you have to find him where you lost him. So there's a famous joke that Hasidim used to say when they learned this part of the mimer. The joke goes that once upon a time, Yankel was standing at night and looking for something under the under the street light. So there's the street light, and he's under the street light, and he's looking for something. 
and someone goes over to him and says, Yankel, what are you looking for? He says, I'm looking for some coins. I, I'm sorry. I dropped some coins, and I'm looking for them. Says, so they ask him, where did you lose it? So they, he says, down the block. So they ask him, why are you looking for it over here? So he answers, I'm looking for it over here because over here there's light. So, ha ha ha, great joke. What an idiot. He's looking for his coins under the light, even though he lost them uh, half a block down. But over here there's light. But say Hasidim that we all act in that foolish way sometimes. What do we say? We say that we all have in us a connection to our true self, a connection to God. But when we want to come close to God, what do we do? And it's something, it's very good. We try to learn more. We try to daven more. Maybe say a bit more to Hillim. Great. Awesome. Amazing. Continue doing that. But if you want to find God, if you want to find your true self, which is your relationship with God. Like we always say, that's what Hasidus says, that God is not something external to you, it's you. You gotta look for him where you lost him. You gotta look for him, not where there's light. Go to your dark places. Go to face your fears. Face your issues. That's where you lost something happened, maybe down the line, doesn't matter doesn't matter when it happened or what it happened. We're not talking over here about going 20 years, signing up for a Freudian session, sitting on a couch for 20 years. That's not what I'm suggesting. But at least know when you're going to find the place in you where you lost him, where you lost him is, where did I lose my innocence? What, what is my biggest fear? And face that, you will start finding pieces of you, which the real you is your connection to God that you have been that, that you lost. The things that you're trying to avoid, just like Yankel was trying to avoid looking for his coins at the dark corner. Please excuse me, I usually don't do this. I want to bring a a, a, a quote. I'm not really sure that it's so connected, but it's a quote that has been sitting with me for, for a few weeks now, and I can't help myself. I want to share it with you. It's a quote by Carl Jung. And I think it's very connected to what Altareb is saying over here. He says the following, people will do anything no matter how absurd in order to avoid facing their own souls. One does not become enlightened by imagining figures of light, but, but by making the, dark, the darkness conscious. I read this, it blew my mind. And the first thing that came to mind is these words of the Alter Rebbe. The Alter Rebbe says, you're looking for God, Look, look in the face of the darkness. Look where you lost your soul. Some of us have lost it in some trauma. 
Some of us uh, lost it in some business deals. Some of us lost it in some relationship that we're that we can't we we couldn't get over. It doesn't matter. But where we lost it, that's where we have to go, and dig it up. One does not become enlightened by imagining figures of light, but by making the darkness conscious. That's called in Hasidic terminology, making the darkness into light. And when you turn darkness into light, ask any person that emerged out of a hell that they went through, and instead of the hell killing them, they became stronger because of it. Because they didn't deny it, they didn't escape it, they looked into the face of the darkness. And they emerged from there with greater strength using using parts of the darkness as the diving board, as the catalyst for growth. You'll hear what it means that being enlightened is by making the darkness conscious. Search for God from there, from the place of darkness, the place where you lost him. Guys, this is so much easier said than done. And even though that I'm saying it with so much passion, I, uh, <laughs> I I'm looking I'm looking for those dark dark. Um, if anyone could point me to the to to those dark spots, uh, please send me a WhatsApp. Please do it in private. Don't don't do it on the chat. Yeah. But ultimately, <laughs> you don't understand what it means, or you don't know how to find it, Elio. What's your question? Find him darkness? No. Find him from your darkness, the place where you're afraid the most. That's where you lost him. Everybody knows that everybody knows that you know how to open up a siddur and say and 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 daven and say tehillim and feel very connected. But go back to the place where you lost him. In I don't a, know what that means. Go back where he lost him. Uh, where you lost him? Uh, maybe somebody else. Sorry, everybody, if they understand. I don't. I, I don't really no, no, understand no. It's, what that very, means, it's a very good question. Let me give an example. Let me give an example from a relationship. It's always the easiest to give an example of relationships because we all think that we know everything about our relationships. And our relationship with God, the closest thing to our relationship with God is our relationships over here in this world. So unfortunately, let's say a couple has, gr has, gone far, has gr grown far from each other. You know, sometimes it's not necessarily from a bad place. Sometimes just like raising kids, covering bills and things like that but they didn't invest in their relationship. So now, no, it's not a good example because that means they didn't really lose him in a bad place, in a dark place. But, but let's, 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 let's go, let's say there's a couple that went through some tough times and they want to make up. They want to, they want to, they, they want to continue living in peace. They want to have love in their homes. So there's two approaches. The guy could start to become, oh, the nicest guy in the world, starts taking her out for restaurants, brings home flowers, brings home chocolate, leaves love notes, sends nice WhatsApps throughout the day, does the dishes, bathes the kids. I don't know. He's deciding. But if they won't sit down 
and discuss the point that caused them to grow apart, that place where the relationship broke, that place that we all try to avoid talking about, they'll never be able to mend that relationship because that's where the relationship was lost. So obviously, usually we encourage people to do good things, do good things so the relationship will grow. But if it was lost somewhere, ain't going to work if you're going to add another few restaurants and a few romantic evenings. You have to sit down and discuss that incident that caused that caused the that that caused the break the that caused the separation. Elia, does that make sense? It does. Yeah, I'm just trying to reapply it in the nimshal. I oh. guess it'll be that's personal. So maybe, maybe you know. <laughs> but okay, thank you very much. Oh, in the, in the Nimshal, in the Nimshal, we tend to run to the Tehillim and to the Gemara and to the Chumash, which is very good. But we lost God somewhere else. We lost a part of ourselves somewhere else. We went through something, and over there we we took a we took a wrong turn. So just continuing to go on the wrong road. You're on the, if you took the wrong road, you have to turn back. It's not about, it's not about continuing. Okay, let's move on. Okay, we're going on the right road. I guess my problem is in the nimshal, grappling with that which severed your connection, I, I feel like it, that doesn't necessarily work with the relationship with Hashem. It's more like do more and, you know, but not necessarily grapple with a particular so, okay, so you're, so you're right. So you're right that usually we don't encourage people to do that because we don't want to get stuck over there. But from time to time, especially in Elul, one is allowed to sit down and do a cheshven an epesh and say, where did I lose my relationship with God? Or even better, when did I lose my passion? Yeah, since most of the people over here are bali tshuva, and I wish I w- I'm a wannabe bali tshuva. So we all had a time when we just wanted to be so close to God and we wanted to do the right thing and everything. Where did I lose that? What made me give up on that dream? I, th- I think that that would also be a, a pretty practical application of that. But I, I also, I personally see very much psychology connected to godliness because I don't think that there's something separate of God. And sometimes... We and sometimes we uh, we lost our innocence. We lost ourselves. We lost our innocence and we lost ourselves in uh, in in the in the process. Something in life, and then we don't understand why we're triggered by by so so many small things. And reclaiming yourself, reclaiming yourself, is not uh, is is not by okay. Let me just go ahead and doing uh, doing the right thing. Because you have to go back and, uh, and, um, and see where you lost him. So I'm t- I, uh, to be honest with you, it's something that I'm also thinking about. And as you see, I don't have the exact words. It's still cooking. So for meanwhile, have a beautiful, beautiful day. And we're going to continue uh, tomorrow. Tomorrow we're already going to be on day six. And hopefully we're t- going to start talking about the Kabbalah of Rosh Hashanah. Have a beautiful, beautiful day, everyone. Thank you, Rabbi. Thank you, Rabbi.
If any questions, you, please send Thank it to me in the WhatsApp. Thank you very much. Bye-bye.